Hi, I'm Michaela Loach. And I'm Rebecca. And this is the Yikes Podcast. Hey everyone and welcome to the Yikes Podcast, um, the podcast about all the things that make us yikes, from all these oppressive systems that exist in the world, from just kind of, kind of the yikes that is the world as, as a whole, and how we might want to run away from that yikes because it's scary and it's overwhelming, but how we actually need to lean into that, um, retain some sort of empathy and move towards action. And this week we are so excited to have a very special guest. Yes, the fabulous Jasmali is back. We already had her in our last season and we just love her to bits. And we kind of picked up um, on a topic that she introduced in our last episode. So uh, maybe it'd be good for you if you haven't listened to the last episode with her. Go and listen to that and then come back to this one. Because we're going to be talking about the healthy human and what that means for collective liberation and all bits around that. So, um, yeah. I would also say that if you haven't listened to the last episode, you'll definitely still understand what we're Oh, we're for sure, for sure. One. Yeah, yeah. But you just want double the Jess. Yeah, yeah. You, you really want do. double the Jess and we can already guarantee she's going to be back because we actually just, like, we're just obsessed yeah, with her. Yeah, we just have so, such a great um, conversation. And also, if you don't know Jess, Jess is an anti-racism um, educator and podcast host and she also plugs all of the different wonderful she does like a bajillion things um, and she plugs yeah. all of those things in the episode um, and check out the show notes to make sure that you're following Jess everywhere and that you can support her work and join her next anti-racism course that she does definitely yeah and with further ado let's get into the episode Hello, Jess. You're back. Hey. Hey, girl. Hello. Hey, girl. <laughs> we are so excited to have you back. We've been, like, waiting. And mm-hmm. um, it's been a long week. Yeah. We're all having mm-hmm. a cheeky drink. We're, it's a Friday night. You know, this is the the wild nights that yep. we have these days. But um, here we are. <laughs> this is yeah, as well as it How are you doing? <laughs> What a load of question. Uh, well, yeah, yikes. This is a yikes moment. What a load of question to ask. Well, first of all, it's so nice to be with you both again. Yeah, we're so happy um, to have you back. Thank you so much. It like just like made my heart feel all warm and fuzzy when I saw both your faces um, pop up because, of course, I am the uh, anti-stalker. <laughs> who, like, <laughs> Jess, you are not like auntie-level. Really Do not great. put yourself in the auntie-level yet. Listen, when someone, so when I used to like do work with a, a performing arts academy and um, I used to run some of the classes and like teach some of the vocal classes with the young people. And then I'm thinking like, I'm here like down with the kids, right? Like I'm cool. Like I'm not that much older. Like I'm just, I tell you one thing, the first time one of my students called me auntie, I was like, <laughs> okay. Okay, cool, cool, cool. cool. Not that, even cool. so. That's, I feel like the first day it happens to me, I'm yeah. going to be like, what? <laughs> I thought yeah. I'm still 17. Uh, I'm definitely not. I'm 33, guys. But that's okay. I am. Um, I'm embracing also, that. Also, we need I'm to clarify. That. No shame to the aunties out there. We love you. I was just yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, we, we love, love the aunties. aunties. The pillars of this society. And, and yeah. I love being an auntie. <laughs> I'm just, I think it's that moment when you realise you've now gone from you know, sis and peer and da 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 to auntie, you know? You're like I'll just embrace it and be like, I'm oh, wise. Let me cool. let me spill I... my wisdom. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I will I will yeah. I don't know. Anyway, this is a very long winded way to tell you all that um I am obviously watching everything that you're both doing. Um and I'm actually like I asked Joe for like some content the other day because by the time this post this uh podcast is gonna be coming out, you will probably be able to go to my grid and see a point uh, a post that speaks to this because I'm just in awe of you both and what you do and no, I really am. Like I mm. I just think like where I was ten years ago and I was not changing the world the way you are. 
And I just, and I'm not saying that with like some kind of, oh my God, what did I do with my life? But more of a, it just inspires me and it inspires me. I'm just going straight in, right? But it inspires me because I remember being 22, 23, 21, like even before that and having so much in my heart that I felt like I wanted to do and I wanted to contribute to the world and I could do, but I was very often, not always, but very often surrounded by people and by systems, not necessarily just people, but by systems Mm -hmm. that would tell me I'm too young. I don't have the right credentials. Mm -hmm. I don't have the right, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, just work out how the world works before you can, Mm -hmm. you know, and all of that. And it really, it really Mm -hmm. dampened me and my spirit. And I had to do a lot of recovery of that. And so to see people who are, you know, 10, 15 and five or whatever years younger than me actually not maybe face that in the same way, like makes me really hopeful. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's very lovely to be with you both always. And I love seeing what you're doing. It's so lovely to be with you. And I I definitely like, I even feel like that about people who are like 10 years younger Mm -hmm. than me um, and how much they're just like challenging Mm -hmm. everything now with such like confidence. Um, that I think is amazing and just really beautiful. And I wrote an article that will, I don't know, probably be out by the time this episode um, comes out for Shadow Mag mm. for their um, new issue that I guest edited. And I wrote the instruction where I talk about, it's all about youth. Yeah. I talk about like how as young people, like all of us just trying to make sense mm-hmm. of the world that we didn't really have a, as much of a part in mm-hmm. creating. And that means that we just challenge everything around mm-hmm. us. Um, and we have, and I think that this like, what some people call naive, naivety, um, I think is actually one of the greatest strengths. The re- like not being so um, stuck in the ways of the world as it is now, yeah. um, so that you actually feel like you can challenge mm-hmm. everything, and you don't, um, yeah, you just you just don't accept things as they are. And I think that that's just so important. That's something that so often I think gets like I don't know that that's what people use to un- to undermine young people. But actually, I think that's one of the greatest yep. strengths. Fully agree fully agree so I love to see it I'm here to champion it and to support in whichever way I can you know I think sometimes like young people are the most radical people because we they still have that yeah boldness and that like I think also Mm -hmm. just like intuition Mm -hmm. of just like this is wrong like and this is you know this is an injustice Mm -hmm. and like I think there's just like so much Mm. just like because they haven't been dampened in their spirits to be bold and like to just actually just be yeah, themselves, yeah. I think it's just, I mean, obviously also within kids, so many kids are really nasty, um, but you know, um, <laughs> but I think that like, that like, gen, like, I don't know, I really wish like we would empower our children more and that like, I don't, cause mm-hmm. I think like that like naivety is actually mm-hmm. like some of the most beautiful of like imagining for better futures. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I feel like I have to tell a story about my goddaughter at this point. And Joe, I think I told you this before. Um, but um, I, so my goddaughter is two. And the other day we went to uh, like a, a park here in London um, with some of the most wonderful trees. And if you know anything about me, I hug trees. Um, I'm a tree hugger um, in all the literal sense of the word and um and so we were in this park and it was my goddaughter and I her parents and um my housemate and I just thought this is a great opportunity for me to like introduce her to this idea that we love the earth and that we're connected to the earth and that you know we the earth is there's a relationship between us and the earth rather than this idea of um you know we use and abuse the earth and all of that so I'm thinking like I'm being this like you know, very aware, awoken. I don't like the word woke anymore because it's been so used and abused, but we know Mm -hmm. what we mean. (laughs) And so I'm like here hugging trees and kind of trying to explain to her two-year-old brain why I'm doing that. And she kind of looks at me like, almost like with this look in her eyes of like, I don't understand why you're explaining this to me. Like, oops. Like, and so she walks up to the tree (laughs) and she bows to the tree and starts talking to the tree. And then she bows again and she walks away and she bows to the next tree and has a conversation with the tree. And like, I could cry every time I tell the story because I just stood there and I went, oh, this is who we inherently are. This is inherently and innately who we are. And I felt such a, 
it's such hope in the first instance. And then in the next moment, I thought like, how can I, as someone in her life, help preserve mm -hmm. that, right? So that she mm -hmm. would keep that connection to the earth and that health and that, um, yeah, just that connection because it will impact the way she's going to live her life. Um, so yeah, the future in that sense, I think if we can keep that alive in, in whoever the next generation is to us, um, mm -hmm. it's going to make such a difference and it can be so powerful. Mm. Mm. It's like almost like, I think, um, kids or young people are not so burdened with the mm -hmm. world yet. Um, I remember that um, in the first lockdown when Aaron Betty Roy wrote the article, The Pandemic is a Portal, one thing that she talked about was this idea of stepping through the portal without the baggage and like the luggage of the world as it is before. But actually a lot of young people are this unburdened self of, of uh, and, and can imagine these, like these new worlds and can walk into them um, freely. And I think that that's just really beautiful and lovely and that, and that is something that, to preserve like how can we preserve that and what can we do to preserve mm -hmm. that is something that we I guess that's kind of what sure. we wanted to talk about a little bit anyways right like they're like because you brought this up mm -hmm. last time Jess that we talked to you in uh, our last season uh, like the concept of like a healthy human and like like you know beyond like physical or mental health mm -hmm. but like when are we I guess I mean you can expand more about like what you think of like the he healthy human concept um But yeah, like both, like both of you, what you just said, um, kind of like makes me just think of like, when are we at a point where like, we are so, you know, like, obviously we are internalizing all of these ideologies that are constantly being thrown at us and maybe even passed on, you know, yeah. like through our generations. And like, is that concept of like, well, how deeply rooted are they already? And how do we like unravel mm. them to make space for just centered features? Um, Do you want to, yeah, mm -hmm. you mentioned this, so do you want to maybe expand on this a lot? Like, yeah, I think that the first thing I would say, like when we talk about healthy human, it's not in a, um, I think sometimes, you know, healthy in quotation marks can be this idea of like perfect. Like that's kind of what we think when we hear healthy, like whether it's in a physical context or in an emotional or mental context um, and that it can come with like a lot of pressure. And that's not what I'm trying to say because I think healthy has nothing necessarily to do with um, whether say, for example, our bodies are functioning in the way that society tells us they should. And like, so that's not what we mean when we say healthy human. I think what I mean when I talk about that concept, and I've, I've thought about it so much in the context of, of social change and of the work that comes with social change, because social change requires like this two-pronged approach, right? It requires this, this external work, this activist work, this looking at the systems and how we can change them, but it has to come hand in hand with the internal work and with the unlearning and relearning that we all constantly have to be engaged in because like you say, Joe, we've all grown up in these systems that, uh, you know, communicate particular ideologies and all that kind of stuff that maybe we no longer want to hold dear. But the thing is, in order to be able to really authentically unlearn and engage in that process, there has to be something in us that, that doesn't, um, how do I say this? That doesn't connect this journey of unlearning and relearning with our inherent worth and value, right? So what do I mean by that? We live in a world where if I uh, do something wrong or make a mistake um, and someone calls me in on that, it's very easy for me to be defensive and it's very easy for me to go, oh my God, like what a shit human am I? Like, how could I get this wrong? Like mm -hmm. what is wrong with me? You know, and it, you go into the spiral of self-deprecation and, um, and, and because we've been so taught by the systems around us and particularly capitalism, but actually I'm learning more and more that, you know, that's so connected to white supremacy as well, like how white supremacy functions that we've been communicated this idea that in order to be perfect, in order to, order to be, you know, good people, we have to be perfect. We have to always achieve. We have to always function. So when someone tells us you got something wrong or you have to unlearn something, it is inherently, it feels like it's inherently connected to our value and our worth. And I think that's why a lot of us, and I say us because I experience it, you know, when I get called in and when I, um, mm -hmm 
get things wrong. I experienced this fragility and this like, mm. oh no, like now they're all going to think I'm a horrible person. Mm. What if I knew my inherent worth? What if I knew that who I am as a human being, as a child of this earth, as whatever your spirituality might help you to understand? What if I knew that, you know, I am inherently valuable and lovable and worthy and needed and important in this world? And that's the foundation that I do my unlearning from. That's the foundation that I do my activism from. So then suddenly when someone calls me in, it might still feel uncomfortable. Like I don't think there's a way to avoid discomfort. I think we need to lean into discomfort. But it then no longer, you know, questions my inherent worth. So I can be way more open to it. I can go, oh yeah, interesting. Thank thank you for calling me in on that. I'm gonna consider that and I'm gonna change the way I think. But in order to be able to do that, I have to, there has to be a sense of health and inherent worth and inherent resilience almost in knowing who I am and what I do are not, are not mutually exclusive. I can do stuff that is wrong, but I, me as a person, I'm right. I'm loved. I'm lovable. I'm valuable. I'm worthy. And so when I talk about this idea of healthy humans for social change or just this need, like I always say, if I ever write a book, it's going to be about how we can be healthy humans mm. is, I think, Please I was write about to say, when are you writing a book? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, when's it coming out? It. I can't wait to pre-order it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I hope I, yeah, I really want to, because I think all this work that is happening around us, that is so important and so crucial I think part of the reason we don't see nuance, part of the reason we uh, see so much polarization, and surely not the only one, but one of the reasons is that we have a whole, the generation before us, I think, struggles with that a lot because they were very much raised in this go, 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 get, 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 you know, do whatever and build and make money and da, da, da. And our generation consequently struggle with that as well because we had no one mm. instilling that in us so yeah mm. that's that's the whole idea of like healthy humans for social change that resonates with me mm. so much I got actually really emotional like when you're saying a lot of that stuff because yeah I think you're so right about how if we are healthy humans in the way that we just see that we are I know for me like I see it as like that I am divine in myself if I can see that then the rest of the world won't seem as scary and as big and then like and it won't seem like every time we do something wrong we're just terrible people because I think that's that's a huge problem um and that's what fragility is is it's this assumption that this one action is kind of that someone calling you out in this one action is illustrative of your whole being and your whole person when that's actually just not what's happening um and yet you're so right that yeah all of this and all of this kind of like self kind of introspection of like looking in yourself and why why are you having this reaction I think if if more of us just took a pause and just thought about it and, I, and again I also say us because I, I when I talk about any of this stuff I always say us because I think I exist in this system as much as other people do and therefore I will be impacted by like within my actions I think that all of these systems that we live in are on our mind as well as they are in the rest of the world. Like we internalize them. Um, and so I also think that's a really important point that you said there about how, yeah, we shouldn't just separate ourselves mm-hmm. from these things and be like, these are what other yeah. people do. And instead, <laughs> I be like, wish, how do we also I do wish. this? Yeah, I wish. How awesome would that <laughs> <If> be? Only- <laughs> like, no, I don't, I don't struggle with fragility. <laughs> I have all the resilience and I constantly <laughs> love myself and I'm so secure in who I am. Ha! <laughs> <We Lol>. wish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we really wish no I was just gonna say I think um the you know one of the 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 biggest challenges that comes with not having a critical mass and I always talk about critical mass because I don't think in any of our work and in in ever as humanity everyone's going to be on the same page right that's never going to happen mm-hmm. but because we don't have a critical mass of people and we you know just look at the news over the last couple of weeks, you know, mm-hmm. and imagine, I don't know if I should go, I'm just going to go, go there. We can edit it out. Go, right? there. go um, there. Go there. But, but imagine, cause, cause what healthy human doesn't mean is that we all think the same. There's mm-hmm. a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but it means that 
we can we can have discourse and discussions without feeling like it's constantly me as a person who's being attacked. And you look at someone like Piers Morgan, right? <laughs> All the faces mm-hmm. go. But 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 the thing the thing is, I obviously have no good thing to say about Piers Morgan. <laughs> but but if if there had been a, a health within him as a person that that on that foundation there can be discourse and discussion that's a whole different dynamic than when your whole identity is so interconnected with everything that you do and is so interconnected with your opinion and is so like you know you can't change your opinion because if you think about the whole trajectory of like his and Megan's non-existent relationship. <laughs> well, he didn't realize that. <laughs> in so, his head, uh, anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, 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 so much of it felt like it was about, you know, him af- having to affirm who he is. Mm. But but for the sake of the argument, I don't want to say that. It's just because it's easy for me to say that about someone who ideolo- ideologically I deeply disagree with. But the reality is I look at myself, Right. And now, and, and this is why I think this is important because it's easy to point fingers at a Piers Morgan. But what if I look at myself and how I respond and how I react and what goes in, what goes on within me mm. when I get confronted with uh, maybe, you know, I did something wrong or I didn't, m- m- you know, meet the mark or whatever it is. And what goes on in me, whilst not as publicly and because I've practiced reflection and because I've practiced all these different things and have spent so much time in therapy, is not so different than what happened in peers. The only difference is that I've been able to and taken responsibility over this journey of becoming a healthy human. And I think it's important to remember that because it's not about everybody thinking the same suddenly. But it's about our ability to engage with each other from a place that doesn't constantly within ourselves and with others question their inherent worth as a human. Mm. I really love that because I feel like finding grace for yourself and for other people, acknowledging like we are in some way all part of these systems and therefore we are, mm-hmm. you know, we've all have internalized certain things in different ways and like we are all on different learning curves um, and it doesn't take away. I think that's something there to be said of like, like finding grace doesn't mean that we just like brush over the pain and the, you know, Mm -hmm. all of the Mm -hmm. horrible things that are happening and that we commit to other people and that other people commit. Mm -hmm. I think that's not what it is by, yeah. And it's, but it's so hard sometimes to do that and to be like, you know, Mm. like, because Like, so I'm, my current research looks a lot around like futures imagining and like kind of finding tools to uh, liberate our minds from capitalism and for justice, right? And that's Mm -hmm. inherently linked up also Mm -hmm. to our, like to our systems, um, and these Mm -hmm. like exploitative, uh, systems that cause environmental destruction. But I think all of our society is based on not even being given that space to reflect on ourselves right Mm -hmm. to be even Mm -hmm. whole like Mm -hmm. there's no space for us often to hold um kind of like i guess to go in like a community and be like hey do you know what i think the way that i act are deeply exploitative like there's no you know you just like go Mm -hmm. go go and like um and i think actually as much as like i want to find grace as an individual for for myself but also for others whilst we are on these unlearning practices that have to happen fastly because they are exploitative and they are oppressive. Mm -hmm. I think there's something to be said Mm -hmm. of like, there needs to be more community practices around that because if we only Mm -hmm. hold these things by ourselves, it's a lot, it's a lot, you know? Yeah. And I, I definitely, because I think you touching community is really, because one thing that I was thinking about when you were saying all these things is something that I find really hard to do about acknowledging when I've done something wrong Mm -hmm. is the fact that, as a black, as someone who's racialized as a black woman in this society, so often I'm just gaslit left, right, and center. And yeah. so I actually sometimes find it hard to know when I'm actually doing something wrong and when people mm-hmm. are just gaslighting me for my behavior. But then what you're saying there, Joe, about community, and I think that's a space where you can work that out because if mm-hmm. you're in community with people who are also on this journey or maybe who also like have the same 
experience the world in a similar way to you maybe not the same way those Mm -hmm. people can both hold you accountable but also hold Mm -hmm. you up when you need to be held up and can say to you like hey you know this is a situation where you're being gaslit like and this is a situation where actually you were Mm -hmm. wrong and you need to take some introspection and I think what you're saying there about community that's the perfect space kind of in between these two things I was really grappling with them and I find that I grapple Mm -hmm. with a lot in my head because I'm like uh, oh, well, you just lie to me, mm. but am I just doing things wrong? <laughs> and and I think there's something to be said as well about the you know the way in which our minds work. Like as um, as black people, people of color, indigenous people, we have been in in spaces where we had to uh, work for our worth right? Mm. Like that's inherent in us because that's, that's the, that's the generational trauma because we've had to always fight to survive, fight to exist, fight to be. And so it's, it's even more, um, I guess it's, it's even more, it's even louder that, that desire to like get it right. And to like, Mm -hmm. no, but I have to get it right because otherwise I don't, like, I'm not going to belong. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to survive. I'm not going to, whatever the things are. And I think there's something to be said to recognize that as well, that, you know, it will show itself differently. Like mm-hmm. I, I came, you know, this, this idea of imposter syndrome, for example, I've seen so much conversation around how we actually need to stop calling it that because in saying imposter syndrome makes it sound like it's my issue. Mm-hmm as a person but actually um if we look at the people who experience imposter syndrome disproportionately um it's it's people like so you know research will talk about it being women and then you keep kind of going quote unquote down the Mm -hmm. (laughs) the hierarchy or whatever and then you'll see like black women experience Mm -hmm. it disproportionately well that's not a coincidence that's not because we have some kind of defect Mm -hmm. that is imposter syndrome it's because of the world around us that has told us the systems around us that have told us for such a long time that we're not enough and that we're trying to have to so i do think we have to recognize all these intersections and nuances in the conversation Mm -hmm. but with that said is the challenge still though to recognize that the thing that does, and this is what I always find challenging in the conversation between intersectionality and commonality, is this idea that yes, intersectionality helps us recognize how people are oppressed in different ways and experience life in different ways and how the different ways in which we're oppressed can interact. But commonality helps us remember that we're all human Mm -hmm. and that there are certain things in our humanity that, you know, when we talk about the idea of healthy humans, when we talk about the idea of resilience, that we do all have in common and we all have to figure out for ourselves. The journey to it will look different because of intersectionality, but it's the common thread. I don't know if I'm making sense. I'm just rambling. No, you're making a lot of sense. And (laughs) no, that is, that's a really good point. And especially what you were saying about naming things for the cause, I think is so important Mm -hmm. because even I think about that as like, when people talk about mental health in the black community, it's always mm-hmm. made out as if there's something inherently mm-hmm. within the black community that makes us experience. And I'm like, I'm depressed because of white supremacy. I'm anxious <laughs> yeah. because of white supremacy. It's not. I know that it's not inherent, but I've been told for so long it's inherently yeah. me. It's like, actually, mm-hmm. no. I think mm-hmm. it's because we live in a really fucked up world where mm-hmm. we're oppressed. Like, it's the oppression that I think in many ways causes these things but yet you're so right about the about talking about these things in that way mm-hmm. is how are we terming these things um mm-hmm. it's really sure. to, to like comment on that because i was like when you're saying that i was like wow <laughs> just because <laughs> because when yeah. i ever i've talked about impulse syndrome with myself i've always made it my problem mm-hmm. and been like it's just me for being mm-hmm. weak <laughs> but that's exactly like, oh, no, yeah. but that's not true mm-hmm. and and i think this is why it's, you know, and, and I talk a lot about this, like whomever I talk to, um, about whatever is like this idea of the, the third way, right? Like, and the, and the finding this like space outside of the binary, because in the binary, we're never able to, um, my experience is that in the binary, I can't move forward mm. because if I'm, you know, if, if I disagree enough with you or whatever, then we just can't move forward. But that's mm-hmm. what, what's the goal of all my work, of all my activism, of all my dreams, of all my hopes. The goal isn't to get rid of everybody I disagree mm-hmm. with. The goal is beloved community, right? Mm-hmm. But um, 
in order to get there, we have to be able to hold a number of things as true, like multiple mm-hmm. things can be true. And I think this whole idea of, yes, there is a personal responsibility and a community responsibility of building health within, our, within ourselves. It is also true, however, that depending on the way that we d- experience oppression, it will be harder for us and there will mm-hmm. be external factors that will have impacted. And what you just said about mental health, can I just like touch on that one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because there is enough research now that tells us how the layers of trauma compound mm-hmm. and how as people who carry both uh, intergenerational trauma, and we know that intergenerational trauma can be passed on both behaviorally and in epigenetics. You will know this better than anyone. Um, But we, so, so that's the one layer of trauma, but then there is on top of all the individual traumas that humans experience, there is racial trauma Mm -hmm. and there is this trauma of growing up in a world that will constantly through the smallest things sometimes like I've met Mm. black people who have never been called the n-word or who have never been overtly subject to racism but in the small ways in the microaggressions in the day-to-day experiences the message is always you're not right you don't Mm. belong something's wrong with you and Mm. so of course the statistics around mental health are what they're going to be because if that's the message you get fed day in day out so there's it is most certainly imposter syndrome, the way in which mental health affects our communities is not inherent. <laughs> mm. It's, um, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, I can't remember who I heard described like this, but it's like whether it's a big cut or a lot of small cuts, you're still left bleeding and you're still harmed. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the time when it's a lot of small cuts, um, mm. you don't realise how much you've been bleeding mm-hmm. until you're like you're almost bled out and that's yeah yeah I think that's just that's something that I really that's I think someone described microaggressions like that and I was like Mm -hmm. wow I think that's Leia from the other books because I heard that okay I think I think that might be Leia from the other books Mm because I use it and I try and make sure I always cite her (laughs) yeah because I always want to make sure that I'm crediting people for their ideas and not like yeah yeah (laughs) it wasn't me everyone who's listening it was someone else and it was Leia pretty sure it's Leia from the other books yeah everyone check out Mm -hmm. Leia from the other books (laughs) (laughs) I really hope Leia said it now. Yeah. But either way, the other box is great. So you yeah, can just go cool. question right like that I just then ask myself so many so often and I'm curious to hear from actually from you I don't know if I'm allowed to like flip the script but um hear from you both is actually and I'm happy to share later as well but it's like how as individuals and in community how do we practice that like how what how do we build practices of being healthy humans into our lives how do you do it do you do it I don't I think in some way, I've, I've, I don't know. I think I've always had like just like a really big desire to expand, and like kind of to be proven wrong, and like to expand my thinking. So I think for me, like, I just I really enjoy almost being proven wrong, and because for me that just means that there's more out there that I just haven't discovered, and for me that's such an enriching process mm. that, while you know it does obviously bring up fragility in many ways and also discomfort and all of that mm-hmm. I think for me like um something that I'm I've been thinking a lot about for a few years now um inspired by the Zapatistas and and their kind of approach of like um we want to live in a world where many worlds fit and this kind of like um mm. pluribus thinking of like you know there is not just one reality mm-hmm. like there can be mm-hmm. like multiple things can be true at the same time Multiple things um, mm-hmm. need to need to have different solution approaches. Like there isn't just one way. And for me, I think knowing that mm-hmm. like what might have been true for me right now is not true for another person, and that doesn't take away from from me. But like knowing that like mm-hmm. I think just like being able to expand beyond myself is mm-hmm. for me it's such an enriching process that like I know that like the end goal is better than what I'm going through right now, even if it's really hard, Mm. you know? 
Um, and I think for me, I've also, um, this is something that like Adrienne Marie Brown said, I think once on her podcast, um, was that like, she hopes, um, you know, like every time you've kind of confronted with humanity or like the injustice of humanity, diving deeper in your own humanity is the way mm. to assert humanity again. And for me, that was something mm -hmm. that like struck me so much. I was actually in the supermarket listening to this and I had to sit down on the supermarket floor because <laughs> I was like, excuse me? Um, <laughs> hello. <laughs> because I do find it, you know, sometimes I do find it hard. I was just being like, but why are you such a prick? Like, why? I don't understand. And like, mm -hmm. you know, there's so many instances yeah. where I'm just like, like, is this like how, how sick, how, like, how deeply enrooted are we? Like, you know, even like, mm -hmm. I mean, Plague Island, like what's been going on just this last week, right? Like not even considering everything else that's going on just this last week. I'm just like, how are we going to mm -hmm. ever get out of this? I don't know. But then I think mm -hmm. I just need to remind myself of like some, there is, I don't want to believe that we are inherently not worthy of, of love. Mm -hmm. So yeah. But that's that's mm -hmm. easier said than done. I don't have that practice every day. A lot of times I just scream into the void. So, yeah. <laughs> How about you, Michaela? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I think, kind of similar to you, I actually quite like having my opinion on things being challenged to an, like in some ways. Like I I like learning about because I, I recognize that how, whatever I understand of the world now is very limited. And mm -hmm. I remember um, I've definitely mentioned this in the podcast before. Everyone could play like podcast bingos. Michaela going to mention Andrew Davis. <laughs> <Yep>. um, yeah. <laughs> I, the, the funny thing is, even before yeah, you said same. Andrew Davis, I knew that's what you were going to say. I'm yeah. so predictable. Oh my God. No, I love it. Me. Um, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> no, it's the spiral. The same revelation goes mm, deeper and yeah, deeper and deeper. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, there was an interview that she did. Um, it was, I think it was like a, a biography of her just talking, I think it was the New York Times or something. Um, but talking about how she didn't get the revolution that they wanted when they got it. I've definitely mentioned this to Joe so many times, so she's going to be hearing this again. Um, but how in, in some ways she's grateful they didn't get that revolution because they, their feminist movement was not acknowledging of like the trans community and of gender non-conforming people. And that if they'd achieved the world that they wanted, it would have actually still been oppressive to a load of people. And I don't know, hearing her say that because I think she's someone who obviously I respect quite a lot, but also the way, just the way, the idea of the best world that I could possibly imagine still isn't as good as it can get. Um, and therefore I can't really hold on to my ideas of everything too tightly because all oh, that's going to, that is going to be inherently oppressive in some ways. I say that I still know that sometimes I find it hard and Joe challenges me a lot, which I really appreciate appreciate. And I have a lot of pals that challenge me a lot on these things. Um mm -hmm. I think it's really good to be challenged. I'm not gonna pretend that I'm like, oh, all the time. A challenge is great. I love that. No one. Yeah. <laughs> um, no one. That's human that's human. That's human, yeah. But yeah. I think part of like um I guess being a healthy human is something that I'm trying to do, but I'm terrible at is like prioritizing feeling joy as well mm. as resisting. Mm. Um and I think that that's something that I need to do more because Agreed. I think I think a lot of people feel like this in resistance yeah. in resistance mm. kind of work is that we can get really self-deprecating with it. I think sometimes mm -hmm. and be like mm -hmm. all of these terrible things happen in the world. Therefore I need to feel mm. terrible too all mm -hmm. the time because that's the only way that I can kind of mirror what the world is like. Mm -hmm. But then I realized that if I'm just mirroring the, the misery of the world, then I'm not actually helping anything. I'm just harming myself. Um, yeah. And there's a quote by Rebecca Solnit from Hope in the Dark that I read again since I was flicking through the book last night feeling really hopeless and it was one that I'd highlighted and it said um joy doesn't betray but sustains activism and when you face a politics that aspires to make you fearful alienated and isolated joy is a fine act of insurrection and that's something that I'm really trying to remind myself of I'm really bad at like I would definitely be like the world's terrible so I have to like batter myself down too yeah. to like also like to, to make myself smaller because the world makes me small but actually reminding myself that um joy doesn't even have to be like an act of resistance it can just be, just be that. something that mm. sustains me and that's important too absolutely that's so wonderful because i think you know it's the the doing versus being that we have to have to start thinking into in the context of what future are we imagining, right? 
And if I use the example of my goddaughter that I talked about earlier, because um, I remember thinking to myself, like almost falling into this thing of like beating myself up, like, why am I trying to teach this kid something? Like, she's like clearly way more connected to the earth than I am. <laughs> but when I then thought about how can I help preserve that in her, I realized the way I will be able to preserve that in her is by modeling it and by showing her that you can be 33 and walk around a park and hug trees Mm -hmm. and find joy and connection with the earth because she will get to a place in life where people are going to tell her that she Mm -hmm. can't and where the systems around her are going to tell her that, you know, that's not professional or whatever all the weird things are that we say. Mm -hmm. Um, But if I can model that to her and how much more can we actually model our own future to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And when you think about that in the context of joy and in the context of being healthy humans, the future that any of us are fighting for is not a future where people are miserable. Mm -hmm. It's a future that has joy, that has equity, that has, you know, abundance for all. How are we going to achieve that if we can't model it even for our own selves? Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I think that the whole joy conversation is is so important. And the, um, you know, the humanization point that you touched on, Joe, as well, I think is so important in it as well, because I was just recently, because obviously in the context of anti-racism work, this helping people understand, which is sometimes so frustrating, um, <laughs> but helping people understand that, you know, the liberation from white supremacy is not just for those who are not racialized as white. Like it's not, it's not like some kind of being anti-racist is not like a charitable act for all the poor non-white people. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and I know we know this, but I feel like sometimes, and and I interact with so many people who are very well-meaning and who really, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, but sometimes that's what it feels like. It's like, I'm, I'm here to do the right thing now, you know, like I got it. But actually, this liberation that we are after is also going to liberate you. Because the moment any of us, and, and this is the, you know, the big picture example is white supremacy, but it happens in the most micro of ways. The moment I start dehumanizing someone else, I'm chipping away at my own humanity. And that starts at, but, but the reason I do it is because I, I live in a system that has been chipping away at my humanity. Mm-hmm. So what's the way out of the cycle? It's reconnecting with my inherent humanity and my inherent value and my inherent worth and not allowing anyone or myself to dehumanize myself or dehumanize anybody else. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I don't know. I think this, this, idea of what I do to myself, what I think about myself, what I reflect into myself and project into my future is what I'm going to ultimately project into everybody else and everybody in my community and beyond my community. It's kind of like having a slice of what you want in the future now. I don't know. And I think that that's, that's so, I kind of think of it as, this is something I've been saying a lot, which I think sounds very like, (laughs) but um, make that noise again do that what does it sound like i don't know where that came from this is the future i imagine it's just that no more speaking speaking. might actually do as well you know let's do it all together for one second let's go joe hated every moment of that i could see it on her face she was like why are we doing this um where I was going with this is I've recently just been trying to think of it. This more like helps me like understand this in my brain, but mm. of trying to almost anchor my soul in a future that I want. Mm. And if my soul is in this future where it's beautiful and amazing, then it also has to kind of, some of that has to be here now as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that if I like I'm anchoring myself in that place, then therefore logically my actions will hopefully bring us towards that place as well. Um, and that's why yeah. Joe is someone who encourages me so much to just imagine a, a future and like be able to really kind of try and pitch that. It doesn't have to be perfectly laid out or anything. Just mm. what what are those? What do you want it to look like? Like what are some bits that you want it to look like? And what are some bits of that that you can that you can have now? And mm. I think that's something that's really helped me a lot and like sustained mm. me a lot. I think in this sort of work that can sometimes be a bit overwhelming. 
What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think um, this one thing I love, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I talked about this last time I spoke to you um, both, but obviously the beloved community is like my my anchor, right? Like the thing that I'm I'm kind of imagining and envisioning in the future is is the the beloved community and the and the context, the philosophy behind it that was really among so many other brilliant people shaped by Dr. King. And um one of the things um in a lot of his writings when he talked about the beloved community and generally I think nonviolence um which is a whole nother conversation. But um is this this idea you know, because I feel like the moment you say nonviolence, people are going to think like, oh, yeah, she's going to turn the other cheek. I'm like, do not try me. You know what? <laughs> I think sometimes a bit of a slap oh, okay. would do some people well. <laughs> <laughs> I take it back. Ma! Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I take it back. Try to... You're like, you're like, I don't cancel me, everyone. I take it back. Where did I hear this? Oh, it was on the Say Your Mind podcast where they were like talking about slap therapy. It was, I, screwed. it was so yes, funny. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think it was like Sadiq and oh um, Sakulachi's brother saying like, they're going to open up a therapy studio and like basically for every like, for any, anything that any of these like white people do, they're just going to slap them. And it might just, and I was just like... <laughs> Honestly, honestly, if you're not listening to say your mind, what are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing with your life is the most important question. But what I was trying to say (laughs) before I kind of just framed what I meant that I, that with nonviolence, I do not mean that you should come try me. Um, shout out Toby and Wigway, uh, the pandemic project, try Jesus, don't try me. Um, but, um, The, a lot of the conversation and a lot of the writings around beloved community, there's this whole discourse around and, um, and often posed as a question, do the means that we engage with now, do they honor the end? Right? So if my, the future that I see is beloved community and I look at the means that I engage in order to get to beloved community. If I engage in ways that dehumanize others, I will get to beloved community and I will potentially not be, have anything left. Do you know what I mean? Like I won't have my own humanity left. Are you enjoying this podcast? Um, We really hope that you are. The Yikes podcast um, is able to happen mostly because of the financial support from our wonderful patrons on Patreon. Yeah, I mean, Michaela sounds like a super duper advertising capitalist girl, but actually we're two anti-capitalist babes in a capitalist world. And um, by you supporting like the show, um, it just generally sustains it. It allows us to like pay our guests that uh, now and then come on the show and it allows us to do, you know, much more community work and be able to support different charities and just generally, you know, make this make this thing happen. Yeah. And if you don't know what Patreon is, because I think a lot of people might not know, it is basically a platform that allows you to support creators or podcasts or different kind of groups that you really like um, and you can financially support their work directly um, and it kind of stops us having to rely on things like ads which are quite annoying yeah Um, (laughs) so on Patreon and on the Yikes podcast Patreon there are different um, tiers that you can subscribe to so they start from just £3 a month and then kind of go up from there Um, for the £5 a month one you get a bonus episode every single week um, which is just us chatting about a different thing that's just happened in the news or something personal about our lives. Um, they're much more kind of intimate, those episodes, um, and we really enjoy making them. We do Q&As as well over on the Patreon, and it's just another kind of space that we can interact with you guys. 
and we really love it and we're so grateful for our patrons who have made this show possible up until now and if you'd like to become someone who supports this podcast if you have the ability to do that um then you can check out our patreon in the show notes or just go to patreon.com slash the yikes podcast um and you can check out the different tiers there and sign up to support this show we thank you so much for your support so far and we hope that you're enjoying this episode i do have to say i feel extremely challenged by some of the things we've been saying yeah um, me too no me too a lot because as much as I want to have all of this in my in my heart and in my mind, my body right now is tensing up because I, and I think it depends also day and today, but sometimes, especially, you know, when, when I think of the atrocities committed right now and historically, mm. I'm trying so hard to see that the people who, that we are all part of systems and therefore we are entrenched and we do things that, but still, the way, the things that people do, I'm trying so hard to see their humanity and also, mm. you know, myself in, in that. But I've, yeah, I, so, I'm people yeah, make it hard. Yeah, basically that, right? And like, <laughs> a lot of people I, make it hard. And this kind of connects mm. to what we were saying with um, Mary Hagler, which will be probably the episode before this one, um, about like she was talking about being like a budding abolitionist, but finding it really hard to not want to send fossil fuel execs to the Hague. Yeah. Um, because like, it's actually hard 100%. sometimes. To, yeah. But I think, so this is, this is so, I'm so glad we're talking about this because our minds are so conditioned to black and white thinking. Mm-hmm. Our minds are so conditioned to hear this conversation we're having right now and to go away and beat ourselves up and to go, I'm not getting this right. I'm not healthy enough of a human. I'm dehumanizing others too much. What the hell is wrong with me? Like punish myself for not, do you know what I mean? Like we're mm-hmm. so in this like polarized system and approach that that is what we would be conditioned to go, go to. But I wonder whether the third way in this conversation is to be able to hold the tension and to go, do you know what? I I envision this future and I want this future and I want to build health within to myself. But I'm also really, really frustrated right now and I'm really angry right now and I'm hurting right now. And I want to punch some mm. people in the face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Because the, yeah. the thing is, the times, the problem isn't, and this it's the same with fragility. The problem isn't that I feel fragility. The problem isn't even that I want to punch somebody in the face. The question is what I do with mm. that. The question is how I use it as a catalyst and as a way to learn more about myself, the people around me, to, you know, learn to love a little bit harder and learn to... um you know, grow my capacity for empathy rather than this black and white thinking of I now have to put it in the box. And with fragility, it's the same thing. It's like people try to pretend they're not fragile. And I'm like, well, then you are not Mm. human because, Mm. I mean, tell me what you have for breakfast because I am fragile Mm. all the time. That's not the problem. The problem is, am am I able to lean into it because I have build practices into my life and community around me that reminds me of who I am, regardless of what I do. Because I think the danger in even a lot of what we all do around activism, around social change work, is that we get so caught up in the work that we do, we forget who we are. Mm. And when you forget who you are, what happens is that you start compromising and you start doing things that you maybe didn't want to, like all those things, like people always start out Mm. with the best intentions, but it's when we can't remember who we are and we can't remember that we're humans and build that resilience within ourselves that we end up going off track. And so I think the question often is, or for me it is, how can I hold the tension and how can I build that third Mm. way within, within my life, within myself? I love that. Yeah, I really love that. I guess... I think something, and I know we've talked about it um, a while ago, was I think for me, like something that's like coming up a lot is like, when do we have not just the theorizing of certain things, but the 
the bodily mm. experiences of good futures because there already is ex right mm -hmm. like mm. being being in a safe environment where you can be una unapologetically yourself and not having mm. like i think these these are small pockets i hope that they mm -hmm. I, i believe they do exist but i think we need mm -hmm. more of those bodily experiencing experiences so that we know that they exist right and i think that maybe also then deepens our commitment maybe to or our belief in better futures and um and i think we've talked about just some like having a space without an agenda and just being right mm -hmm. like community without yeah. agenda yeah. i think community without agenda is is one of the other things that i really um mm. seek because like you both said earlier, community is such a key part in becoming healthy humans. Mm -hmm. And I, I've grown up and lived through so many places that would claim community and would say it's all about community, but there was always an agenda mm -hmm. attached. Um, and that was actually really harmful. Mm -hmm. And so having spaces and that can be our small friendship circles that can be you know whoever the people are around us but where there is no agenda where we can be where we can hug the trees you know um and i know i use hugging trees as an example but i'm actually quite serious because i think like even today i was having one of those days where i'm just so exhausted with the world mm. like i'm just like all of oh, us me too, right? sis, honestly <laughs> i'm just i'm just like i i cannot anymore And I was walking through a park and I was on the phone with a friend of mine and I was saying to him on the phone, I was like, I really would just love to like go and hug a tree now, but there's so many people around me and they're just gonna look at me like I'm crazy. And he was like, I'm here, just like go and hug the tree. And so I went and just held that tree, right? Like literally, I mean, Grabbing the off. moment I started hugging the tree, I, <laughs> was, like, go. I was like, don't <laughs> let me go. But that connection and that that safety and that actually that moment of community without agenda, even with my friend on the phone, mm. who could have very much been like, yeah, please don't hug a tree in public right now. Like, <laughs> that could be weird. But actually being there with mm -hmm. me in that moment, those are the moments that can then help us have hope because mm -hmm. they remind us of our, our, of our humanity. They remind us of our connection to the earth. They remind us of those things. Oh, that is so beautiful. And I feel like a really lovely way to end this episode. Um, Joe and I are always like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna do a short yeah. episode and then it's like an hour and a half, <laughs> always. Um, but <laughs> but um Jess, I could talk to you forever. This happened last time as well. I could talk to you honestly for a good two hours. <laughs> I was there's so many other things I'd love to talk about, so we're gonna have to get you back on again because like definitely things to talk about, like why some people are more fragile than other people mm, and like so about nice. like how can like just there's so many things that my brain was just like wow oh my gosh. <laughs> um but it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the pod again and every time mm, i hear same. you speak i'm like wow <laughs> thanks same, same, same. it's been such a lovely you speak thing. so well and so oh, beautifully and i'm always challenged always but both challenged and encouraged at the same time which i think is something that is really special mm, um And I'm just, yeah, so grateful to be able to share space with you. And I can't wait for this conversation to be shared with other people because I think that people will be super, mm. yeah, both challenged and encouraged mm. by this as well. Um, and if the people who are listening now, um, it's something that I say quite a lot, but don't leave the emotions that you've had in this mm. time that you've been listening with us. Um, don't just move on to the next thing um resist that temptation mm -hmm. and instead sit with this for a bit mm -hmm. um maybe even write mm -hmm. down some notes about things that came up mm -hmm. for you maybe write down some questions you have for yourself um and then revisit it again i think that too often in the world we exist in it's just like let's jump on to yep. the next thing let's move on to the next thing finish that podcast let's mm -hmm. move on to the next episode and actually sometimes maybe taking the time mm -hmm. for reflection would, mm -hmm. would cause more change um so i just want to encourage and challenge you all to do that yes. as well amazing well i'm yeah i'm just so thankful that you have me and maybe the only thing i would say to sort of in closing is like everything that we talked about there's something about practices right and what you just said michaela made me think of that is the the one thing i found th my my whole life through with all the ups and downs and all the 
things I believed and no longer believe and changed and da da da, which by the way is super normal. So if you find yourself changing, that's actually a really good thing. I think it's so much about intentionality, right? Where this is not about arriving somewhere. Healthy human is not like a tick box that you achieve, but it's about building practices into our lives. And so maybe like Michaela said, like take some time and think about what did come up for, for you and think about where, I don't know, like your schedule reflects the time you commit to building health into your own self, to reflect on your own self, to have... Ooh, I feel called you know. out. Um, but-, <laughs> <laughs> but I always say like, that can be 10 minutes. Like I'm not talking about like two hours where you go mm-hmm. like deep diving all the time. But what are those pockets, like Joe was saying earlier, where you go, you know, for me, it's like, I write down three things I'm thankful for every morning. If that's the only thing I do, I will do that. Because if I don't do that, I am going to go and burn everything down. So, so it's like, what are, what are the, you know, the practices that you can build in, whether you have a spirituality, a spiritual practice, mindfulness, meditation, or just go hug trees, but make it consistent. Even if it's just 10 minutes a week, make it consistent where you invest in building some health into yourself because we need healthy humans for social change. We do. That's it. I'm oh, I love that. <laughs> love that. Uh, do that and also do that with other people. Like, I know that's like even yeah. more maybe sometimes intimidating, but it's good to also have that in community. Like, you know, like Michaela and I, and like Absolutely. we sometimes just like bounce off and we're just like, ah, let's just have 10 minutes of just going mad at the world and then yeah like I don't know it's it's a good outlet to um yeah so yeah definitely and it doesn't have to you don't have to think about it as because I think one thing that sometimes people can think about it is like a mate who's there just to catch them mm. out and it's like no it's someone who's there to encourage you and to just be in this weird journey that is so messy and all over the place but mm. be there together and like hold each other together like what you're saying Joe. but even just like setting calls, a boundary just, and being like can we just like for like for the next hour just talk about nonsense like that would do me good right now right yeah. and like that's that's all good mm-hmm. like that's all necessary and yeah so and we all need that mirror like it's we all need to be able to mirror ourselves constantly that's how we mm. grow so that's why com- community in this journey of, of being healthy humans is like th- there's, I don't think there is healthy humans yeah. without community. Yeah. Mm. I don't think that's okay. a thing. So hopefully this lockdown will end soon and you can come up to Scotland and we can hang out in community <laughs> because please. speaking on other community, everyone, especially fellow white people join Jess's anti-racism course. <laughs> you know what are the um you want to plug 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 all of your stuff because you do a lot and it's all wonderful uh, so. uh, <laughs> plug all my stuff uh so the introduction to anti-racism course is uh kicking off again in may so if you just connect with me on socials um will we me myself and i will let you know about um about it coming out against us kicking off again in may um i also have a small podcast um like i touched on earlier uh, it's I'm, called the third me, way i'm not gonna allow you to yeah. say a small podcast <laughs> sorry that's counting <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's called the Third Way Podcast, um, and we—it's uh, a podcast about exploring the world of the mind, art, and how people function together. Um, so there's a few episodes that you can have a listen to. The last one was incredibly powerful for me, talking about fragility, because I decided to, um, yeah, talk about colorism. Um, so mm-hmm. that was a really important conversation so please go and listen to that and like I said we're going to do a few other things around white supremacy and Christianity and even if you don't like have a personal connection to Christianity in terms of a faith idea um we live in a world that is very shaped by Christendom and so I think it's potentially in all of our interest to uh support Christendom fixing itself Mm -hmm. up and sorting itself out because uh, we're reaping the concept. Anyway, let me not get carried away. Uh, I do that. And then uh, what else do I do? I write. So you can just uh, read some of my stuff on my blog, which is on jessmally.com and on some other, like the good trade and stuff like that. Well, Jess, thank you so much for being here. Um, we know that 
people who listen to Yikes will have been really moved by this. Um, so thank you for sharing all of that with My you. Pleasure. And we look forward to having you on again at some point. Oh, we hope that you all enjoyed the episode. Um, I know that, like, we both did. I feel like it was what I really needed to hear, a lot of the stuff. Um, oh, yeah. I was so challenged. Like, I was, like, mm. between crying and, like, I've all, I had all the emotions and I was just like, oh, this is so challenging. Mm. But so good. And I'm so glad we talked about this. And I can't wait to expand on this even more. And I know you must have all loved it as well as we did. So... Please, please, please go follow Jess and do your anti-racism course. It's like highly recommendable and follow her on all the bits. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. yeah, and definitely as Michaela said earlier, like, you know, do sit with all of the feelings that have come up and like reflect on them. And as Jess expanded, then like do certain practices. Um, yeah, it's just it's just much needed in this yikes yeah, world. Yeah, for real. Um, and thank you so much for listening along and if you enjoyed this podcast that I really hope that you have um, <laughs> then please rate it a five star rating um, wherever you're listening to it because that helps the podcast reach more people um, subscribe to the podcast as well so that you'll be alerted about when new episodes come back you can also follow the podcast on Instagram at the yikes podcast and um, podcast and you can follow myself Michaela Loach on Instagram as well at Michaela Loach and on Twitter the same and uh, I'm Teresa Peace on Instagram and Josephine Becker on uh, Twitter and also special thanks to all the patrons who support us on Patreon and make this show possible and the sound bits and bobs and magic was done by Finlay Mowat Thank you so much for listening along and we'll look forward to being inside of your ears again. <laughs> no, next that gets week. me every time. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs>